Welcome to episode 218 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 218 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm good. You got helmet here happening? You got your Epic Camp top on? Epic Camp top, you got, Epic you got Camp, camp shorts, outfit on. Epic Camp singer. If you come to Epic Camp, we've got Epic Camp. <laughs> France, and, oh, he's got the France and New Zealand are now up on our site. Oh, so you're doing France? I didn't think you were yeah, going to do France. France, middle of next year, August next year. Oh. So if you want to come to New Zealand in January and do Challenge Wanaka, and if you want to. How, how long days camp? Eight, day, eight, eight, nine day camps. Both of them. Epiccamp.com. Well, just look at John. He's a walking billboard. <laughs> no YouTube clip for this one. Man. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Okay, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by... Triathlontoons.com. Oh, get on here to get your cartoon done. And uh, we'll talk about those guys later in the show, but it's just really cool. Athlinks.com. Check out them to put your report, race reports up, John, eh? Because nice. that's what you do. You're Polish. And then... Coffeesofhawaii.com. Just get on here get the world's best coffee. And we've got some people who sent us emails through this week saying they bought some for some friends. Nice. And it went down a treat, so love their work. And this week's show, what have we got coming up? We've got a little bit of news. Well, there's not much news. We've got Age Group of the Week. High five. Good high five. Oh, you have, have you got my revised... Oh, you haven't got my revised notes up there, Bevan. Oh. Yeah, sh- pull him up. Okay, well, you keep talking. Oh, I'll again. High five. Uh, we've sort of wait. Coach's Corner, what's that on, John? It is on... Somebody sent an email about asking how to sort of get into coaching. So I've just got a couple of bits on Well, you haven't got a couple of bits, mate. You've got like 20 pages well, I here. I started writing an article. I thought I'll chuck it up there and then I'm going to get somebody to look at it. And then we, we will just... I'm going to start building up a few resources, and we've got a couple of questions, and no, not questions, more oh, comments. Oh, there's revised show notes. Well, you don't give them to me now. I gave them to you uh, several hours ago. Oh, I've been out all day. You well, was out all day. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Hey, that's no okay. Excuses. I still love you. News is probably brought to you by X-Trywell. What have we got coming up this weekend? We've got Challenge Rort coming up, and that's why you need to revise the show notes, exactly. don't you? Exactly. Because he's only got, he's got Challenge Rort written here and nothing else. So come on, Challenge. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Did, did Amy come through for you, did you? Sorry, um, no, Victoria from Challenge One came through. So that's oh. one thing. We, we, I, I criticised WTC for not having all their, their stuff up to date on the site. The new Challenge website looks great, um, and you can go through and you can check the whole field by age group and stuff, but there's really nothing up there about the oh, pros. That's because normally, normally they had a big section on the pros. Yeah, normally they have a, the, the photo, all, a photo yeah. board down the bottom, which was great, um, but I, well, I couldn't find it easily. So slap your hands challenge and uh, try to sort that out because uh, I think it's a, it's a real advantage of their site and you get to see who's racing. Well, it, it is interesting looking at the field now. Men's field's got some pretty good races. You've got um, Stadler, you've got Leonos, you got Richard Usher, you got second, was it? Second last year. Yeah, uh, you got... Oh, second or third? Maybe third. Maybe third. Yeah. Which is not as strong a field as it normally is. Oh, it's, it's not as strong as, 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 as Frankfurt. But no, no, that's still pretty good. You know, I mean, Oh, no, it's not that it's not good, but it's not... You know, normally you get about four or five, I suppose. No, you, yeah, no it's probably no. about the same as normal. Yeah. No, take it back, Bevan. Take it back. Back it up. Take back it, back. it up. I'd say that is probably the third strongest Ironman field you get anywhere. Oh, and it's not saying it's not a strong field, but it's not. I don't know, maybe yeah, I'm No, I think you're wrong. Better. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you got right oh, I don't see Rasmus hitting it. In that case, Rasmus in that case, it's the best field ever. It's two, two, what is it, 218 marathoner? Yeah, it was 2.13, wasn't it? It was 2.13, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was pretty quick. Anyway, so you've got Rasmus Henning, top 10 Kona. You've got Radhika Biki, who's oh, been okay, top 3 up, yeah. in Kona. Lanos. You've got uh, Nico Lanos. Um, Stadler. Stadler. I'm going to be fascinated to see how Stadler does, because... If you he, think he's passed it? 
I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll do well. But I'd, I'd like to be surprised. But if he hit his straps and just bolted, you know, we could see an amazing. Time Who could ride with him? I know he could ride with him if he's on fire. So, but he just, he just, he does seem to be a little bit past it. But hey, you know, you've seen that about is he, before. Is he just, or just he just hit and miss? You know what I mean? Like, I, th- I think it's both. I think he is hit and miss, but I also think it just seems that maybe that motivation is not quite there. And he's sort of, he's got two Kona, bit, two Kona titles under his belt. But I'd love to prove him wrong, and I'd love he's to see him. He's got a kid now too, John. I, saw him, I think he's a Facebook friend, right? And he had a photo of a kid. Nice. So I'm thinking, that once you have a kid, mate. Well, that, that, no, no, that, that can, that can, for some people, that can turn it. So I'm going to be interested to see how he goes. I'm going to be really interested okay, to see John's, how Richard Usher goes. Yeah, Richard Usher, Lanos. Yeah. He did amazing in Germany this time last year. Mm-hmm. Won it last year, didn't he? Did he win last year or the year before? No, this year before. Year before. Um, Henning. It's, I think they're all very even. Who, who do you think is going to Michael, take it? Michael Gone, we haven't even mentioned, he was last year's winner. So I am going to say Pete Jacobs always does pretty well at this race. I'm going to say it's going to be Nico Lanos, then Pete Jacobs, then Rasmus Henning. That's going to be Jacobs number two. I think. so. Why is that? Well, he and he, he was top ten kind of last year. Yep. Um, and I think yeah. and, he, and he put that down to us. Yeah. Remember him saying that he saw us out in the run and it lifted him up. I'm sure it did. I'm pretty sure he went home and told his whole family about that moment. <laughs> You've also got Scott Nieri there, and he pushed yep. um, pushed old uh, Frenchy. What's his name? Pat Frenchy. Frenchy, Patrick Vernet, Vernet yeah. pushed him very, very hard recently. Um, Chris McDonald's. Chris McDonald's. Uh, so yeah. it's a good field. And, and then you'll have, you have a whole bunch of other guys that will be trying to smash on the bike and then probably explode on the run. What I find interesting in the females field is you've got Chrissy, you've still actually got some other good pros turning up, which, you know, like, you kind of think when Chrissy turns up to a race nowadays, yeah, you kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's going to be game over. I mean, she's just going to dominate. It'll be interesting she to see... what, what 8.35 last year? It was ridiculously fast, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah but, uh, yeah, and it was good conditions last year, too. Still. Uh, Rebecca Keat, she she had a fantastic race there. Um, was it last year or the year before as well? Um, she has... Had, last she, year. Yeah, a couple of... She was since then, thing, yeah. she hasn't had that many amazing races. So well, Keat, come on, she would have got fifth in Kona. Yeah, it's true, but I was expecting her to be... Well, fifth of you're not happy with. No, I, would, I expected. You're hard, you? I expected her to be. I was watching the show last night on critics, and it yeah, made me think. Of you. No, with, with her time, she's got the second. I think she's got the second fastest time of all time in Ironman. The way she raced at road last year, I would have expected her to get second at Kona. No. Um, so, yeah. You don't be around she, the bush, do you, John? No. You're not trying to make any friends here, are you, John? Belinda Granger. I love you, Rebecca. No. <laughs> Belinda Granger, I think, will be right up there as well. And uh, and then you've also got Teresa Marcel. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of that. Mm. It's stinking hot there right now, currently between 35 to 40 degrees Celsius every day. Everyone's hopping around for cooling the weather, hoping that the weather's going to cool, but at least it's going to be dry. You're telling me about it. Uh, the new run course is going through town centre and it's going to be awesome. Heaps nicer than the former out and back. Oh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we've got record entries. I think that's a good and a bad thing. <laughs> you know, it's great that the, it's always a popular race, but you know, when you're actually out there racing, you probably yep. want less people on the field rather than more. And apparently, well, they do split the race up. They do, yeah, yeah they take a start, which is a good thing. And apparently, they're going to be a big announcement from Challenge on Thursday. So I'm picking that'll either be a, a new race or some sort of championship race or something like that. Okay, um, John, we're going to go with your revised show notes. Just till there, really, isn't it? Yeah, go back to my notes here. Yeah? yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, results, how do you say one? G- the Cheju Career Triathlon. Pull that up, big boy. Pull that up, big boy. <laughs> nah, oh, it's look, I, I first looked at these results this morning, and I thought, holy moly, they have been going fast there. Yep, and they're short. And then I realised that 
the swim looked like it got cancelled. Oh, really? <laughs> well, there was no swim spot there, and as we're going to pull up, Bevan's going to pronounce the first two finishes. Well, I'm not going to because. Oh, no, Microsoft Word. It's, oh, here we go. Here we go. So we've got the Jeju. 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 Now, this last year was Results, yeah. a WTC Ironman race, it was Ironman Korea. And this year, no longer. What was interesting is they had probably about a thousand entries, so it wasn't, you know, for them going from. Uh, well, I can't announce it, John, because it's not even in, in our letters. That was my little trick, <laughs> Bevan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, the winner went eight oh four fifty four. Wow, that is pretty impressive. But there was no swim. But still, we're at two fifty seven. That's not bad. Two fifty two. Two fifty two. Oh, but then better. the second place getter did a bolted th- on the bike. <laughs> did a three thirty run. He got second. Four forty one on the bike though. That's yeah. pretty solid. Out by themselves because look at that. If you look at third, fourth, fifth, they all sat around each other on the bike. This guy just dominated. He just killed it and then blew up in the run. Good second transition as well. Forty four second transition. Yeah, forty four second. Um, but if you know you add on fifty minutes to that eight fifty five nine hours, not too bad. Third place was Hiroyuki. Nusu Shushimi from Japan and third was Shinga Shurumara or fourth what about first, first girl? female was a Japanese girl yeah, I think. Yeah, Imi yeah. Shioni in nine hours and three minutes so second girl second girl Ma- Mika, Maki Nishuichi and in third that's no, enough <laughs> um, that's pretty good entrance but isn't it yeah, I think it was, it was 797 finishes and oh, okay. it looked like about a thousand Great. entries so Good to see that race uh, still surviving, even though it's not a WTC race, and uh, they just need to do some of their results in English. Well, good old uh, Rhode Island 70.3 happened, and good old Trenzo, your best mate Trenzo. Pulled out a good run. Again, good run. He's had a great 70.3 year. He had to run down, and he, it was it was pretty close racing. He had to run down Paul Ambrose from Australia. Um, so, so he came home with one fourteen fifty. Did he blow or something? Did Paul go fast at the start? Because if you look at the splits here, though, it's pretty similar. Yeah, but he he, uh, he rode three and a half minutes into him. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Like that's the second. Oh, Paul Ambrose, sorry. So okay. there we go. So and then Tim Burkle, that's a really good result for him. Only you know less than a minute behind uh, Terenzo. He was uh, home in four oh two oh five. Terenzo was four oh one fifteen. And then Paul Ambrose faded a little bit on the run, and he was home in four oh three oh one. So Trenzo's awesome. having a great year. He is having a great year. That, that's sensational, isn't it? It is. He's won every seventy point three done this year, hasn't no, he? he? Hasn't hasn't he? No, he hasn't. He's he beaten sure? by Andy Potts and one. Okay, um, but he's having a very good year. He is having it's fantastic. But I want to see him transfer that across to Ironman. See, see how it goes. I think that. it's going to be amazing. Well, I, th- I think seventy point three is his distance, as I've said before. But um, I'd really like to see how he does at um, Ironman. Kate Major took out the female side of things in the four thirty, and then uh, uh, Caitlin Slow Snow, sorry. Uh, slow would be a great answer. <laughs> uh, took out uh, number two. Great run split, like her 119. Yeah, it's a great run split, isn't it? But Sam Warner blew up. She did blow up. She did a, a 433, so she must have been blitzing the bike. She was, she was leading off the bike. She was leading into the run, and she was, I think she was leading, I read in the paper this morning, until the, the late stages of the run. Big news on Sam Warner. Good Kiwi can check that she is. It's moving to the greatest triathlon sport there is. She's moving to Ironman. She can't hack it any longer at the short course. <laughs> so she's, Whatever. she's going, she's out to pass you to do some Ironman. <laughs> <laughs> You're a hard ass. Uh, I'm going to be really interested to see how she goes. If, if, if she'd made this decision, say... Two years ago? 
yeah, two about fifteen months to two years ago, I would have said she would have done like an Andy Potts and a Rasmus Henning and made that transfer and probably would have really kicked some ass. But she, I mean, she had a lot of bad luck last year. She had several bike crashes and a lot yeah. of difficulties. She still, Things she's, just didn't go away, did it? She's having some good results, some good seventy point three results. You know, hey, hey, she got third here, but I think she's a lot better than that. And if she can get to the form that she used to show when she did the the Porta Tauranga half Ironman, she's, she's as an athlete, oh. she's made for Ironman, isn't she? Well, she's a great runner, um, and she, she, yeah, I think she's pretty solid on the bike. And she, because and she's going to be a good swimmer if she's an ITU swimmer. Yeah, she was a weak ITU swimmer, but she'll be a good, good enough Ironman, Ironman, very yeah. good Ironman swimmer. So I, yeah, I think she could do really, really well. Um, I hope she does. I, I hope she does. I hope she comes. Hey, because oh. she's Kiwi, and then we've got three top Kiwi three women. Would be fantastic. You know, you got you got Joe, you got um, Gina, Gina, and um, Sam. You know, all coming through. Oh, you know, could win a race on their day. But great to see uh, Sam come along to Kona and see how she does there. Mm, so I read that she's going to do, I think, an Ironman race in September, and I'm picking that she'll do that to try to get her qualifying slot for the following year. Okay. Um, and then she said she may be doing Ironman New Zealand as well. So oh, so she's not going to think about doing Kona this year? No, I don't believe so. <laughs> so it's going to be... Um, it's, it's a tough decision to, to make because she was in the high-performance program. So now she loses the money. So she, that money will just get cut straight away. Um, so it is quite a tough decision to make. But um, At what point would she lose her funding anyway as an athlete? Uh, it would, it, it's based generally oh. off world championship performances or a pinnacle race for that year. So she hasn't done any world championship series races. She w- wouldn't... Well, I, I don't know whether she would have done the finale, but it's based off the finale race and it's it's pegged off that a what fair chunk if, of it what is. about if you've been injured so let's say Sam had a pretty tough year last year I'm just curious about the situation here Sam had a pretty tough year last year but she was still one of our top ITU people mm-hmm. at this time females at this time and she got injured and you have a year off do you still get funding or do you have to go back and then you still get funding but a a reasonable sized portion of that is performance based funding. Okay, so you get a lot less yeah. funding. It all comes down to whether they see you being an Olympic or world class okay. athlete. So let's say I was Bevan two years ago, got injured for a year, but they knew he was still going to go to the Olympics and had a good chance of meddling that yep. they'd still be given a good yep. amount of money to live. Okay. Yep. That's interesting. Okay, then. Um, so it's good news for our Sam. Um, we did have her on the show earlier this year and we did ask her and she was non committal at that stage, but right. she has come through. Yep. Uh, other news? Marino van Honecker, we talked about his result last week at Ironman Austria. Did and I, uh, and I thought it was 52. I, thought I, was, I think I was saying I thought it was the second fastest time of all, all, all time Ironman. I was wrong. You're wrong, John. And it was actually the fourth fastest time. Okay, so the fastest time was 7.50.27 set by uh, Luke van Leert in 1997 Ironman Europe uh, in the classic road course. The second fastest time was set by Jürgen Jack uh, on the same day. Same day. And the third fastest was Peter Reed in I'm in Austria in 1999 he did in 751.56 yeah so so uh, old so Van Valnecker how do you say his name Van Honecker Van Honecker he was only like 67 seconds behind so it was, it was a world class performance I mean especially when you, you, know, you go okay you never know these courses whether they're accurate or not, but if Peter Reed went 7.51 there, he was a world-class athlete. So I think really that was just a, an awesome performance, especially when he soloed so does it front. So does that give you more cred going to Kona this year? Well, he has had some pretty good results Because based on your Rebecca Keaton theory before, he should get well, second at Kona. No, uh, <laughs> he, he's had, I don't know what his highest placing, I, I know I think he's been about seventh or so. Uh, you know, I'd expect Marino to be right up there. Um, I've, I've hit you there, haven't I? No, I... <laughs> I expect him gotcha. to be in the top five. <laughs> you wonder he should be second. I think he'd be the top five. <laughs> Who's going to win Coney John? This year? We've talked about I haven't yet. really given it any thought. Um, I have to, I'll have to ponder that. You think Corey can do the three-peat? 
quite possible. But I think um, there'll be a few people whipping at his heels. So I have to give that some thought, Bevan. Okay, now I'm going back to old show notes. Cool. Old show notes are here. Uh, I want you to talk about the iPod applica- application or okay, app well, or whatever. I'm not there yet. I'm going back to the old Bainsy? show notes first. Because we've got old Bainsy. Haven't heard from Bainsy in a while. He sent me through an email the other day, John. Oh, yeah. And I said, hey, you going? He's having a kid in a couple of weeks. Three right. weeks from now, planning on having a kid. He said, not much Ironman racing happening right now, but... When you have a kid, John, life changes. That's yes. okay. Time to do marathons. But he sent us through a great article about, did you see this one? No. Outlaw Triathlon in the UK. Mm-hmm. Long distance triathlon. Quite a popular race over mm-hmm. there. And there's a reason it's quite popular, John. Why? On the aid station, they've got Hooters Girls. Hooters Girls. You seen Hooters Girls I, before? I've never been to Hooters. Do you know the funny thing about... I've been We've Hooters. talked about this. Yeah. I have. It's a family restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. There's no Hooters to be seen. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. But even then, you kind of think it's going to be kind of, you know, a bit kind of, you know, yeah. seedy. But it's not at all. You've got Mara Parra and the kids and Uncle, yeah. and Uncle Bob. And so if you're going to be outlaw... Yep. It would be motiva- <laughs> be motivational. So these this is Hooters restaurant people on the yeah, course. The girls will be dressed up in their right. high pants with those tights they wear. Nice. Mm, so looking forward there to There you it. go. So outdoor triathlon if you haven't entered and you're a male and you haven't had any loving for a while, you just want to perf. There you go. Uh, okay, John. So we have got an iPod app. No, it's actually an iPhone app. IPhone. If you go to iTunes Music Store and you check out uh, IM Talk app. Um, now to be honest, I've got it and I, and I haven't actually used it. So I don't, I don't. Great endorsement, everybody. Rush, <laughs> rush out and get it. It costs you 99 cents US, I think. Um, and I, I think what it does, because uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we should come back to this next no, week. No, 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 we'll, we'll give a bit of a plug. The, the, the company who, who serves the podcast to everyone, who sent us an email saying, look, we, we do app development now for free. Um, and basically go thirds. Apple gets a third of the profit, they get a third, and we get a third. And so they've developed the product so that you can basically get any show from any of the... Because if, you if you're on your iPhone and you want to get a show, you can only get the latest show to download oh, by, really? by the iTunes right. if you're on your iPhone. Right. If you sync it to your computer, it's different. But if you want to get all the old shows, yeah. this is a way around that. So if, you want, if you're just out and about and you've got your Wi-Fi on or if you've got heaps of storage in your um, iPhone account or your phone account and you'll get an old show if you just want to listen to one of the old shows, that's one of the only ways you can get right. it. So 99 cents US, so check it out. I'll put a link to it on our show notes this weekend. Uh, you can check it out if you want. Also, Jersey uh, updates. Bike Jerseys, uh, the order is closed. Please, uh, if you want a Jersey, by all means email us, but we won't be doing another one for a while and I'll keep it on file. But the guys who ordered them, they're in production and they're ahead of schedule. How do you know they're ahead of schedule? Because I checked. Oh, yeah, yes, I said, I cracked the whip. I said, yeah. we need them. We need them now. Just, no. Okay, we'll discuss in the week. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was lying on my bed, as I do sometimes, thinking about how much money WTC make on a race. And uh, not... Well, no, no, we'll get into it. I'm going to start with David Tooney straight oh, away. I'd like to do this one. Oh, no, because... Okay, you go. Winch, winch, moan, moan. WTC makes money. Pros doing it, but don't get paid enough. Change the record, lads. Well, David, calm down, Charlie Brown. First of all, it's all about love on the show. <laughs> Second of all, um, it was interesting. When I, when I was doing this, I wasn't being critical. When I was thinking about it, I was just thinking... Genuinely interesting. Yeah, it is, it, like, it is interesting. You know, when you work... Like, I've always worked for myself, really, but when I was younger, I did a joinery job for a little bit, and I remember wondering how much profit the boss, the boss would make. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not because I was being... I didn't feel I was getting paid enough, although I wasn't. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was six bucks an hour was my first job. But, but at the same time... I, you know, like, I was just curious to see how much they made. And, and in this situation, that was purely, I wasn't to do it at a whinge, so. Mm. Um, but, you know what, I think sometimes we probably do go on about the money factor, so. Yeah. It's probably worth your comment. Pros don't get paid enough. No. Let's just whinge about it, John. Okay, what do you want to do, want us to do the next one? You can do the next one. Okay, I'm going to go down to Joshua, because apparently Joshua is the shitty benitty. Okay, first of all, Joshua, have someone, Crabble? 
Crab. Crab, okay. Um, your YouTube clip was pure gold. Mm. Maybe we should do one for Epic Gear on John. Yeah. I had no idea how much money they make, but I'll speculate. One thing you need to remember is that once the race gets past a thousand competitors, you don't put on a race director who is a volunteer. You're more likely there's a whole lot of race organising committee who is drawn drawing on the annual salary, which is probably true, so they're yeah. paying for those people. Do you count that as profit um, or only dollars that are funneled towards the parenting company's providence, how is it? Providence, providence equity. equity. Uh, my guess is that actually putting on a race is not turning a huge profit for the parent owner. It likely can't be more than 10%. 2,000 athletes equals $500 equities, so it's about $100,000. This would make around 100000 uh, make 100 races around the world so about 10 million dollars profit for them um which would barely profit them about 50 million dollars a while but kind of more over the place i know basically what he's saying is that really they're making their money off the merchandise right they're going to make a big big money off the merchandise and that um ideally they'll make a little bit of money off of the races but it's the merch where you make your money Okay. So I think that's what he's... I'm kind of reading like crap, so I kind of bought it. But you keep going down, and I'll have, keep reading his. Okay. <laughs> Neil, the ninja Stafford. Bloody hell, Josh. You've left the rest of us nothing to say. So we have to read Josh's second one. You, you get on to that. Jay, the splendid, splendid splinter waters. I'm a Josh or above, and I'm pretty sure however much or little they are making, it's most certainly more than me. Fegan... The new WTC policy for Kona and money makes an interesting reading. Seems that they've taken the other series seriously now, forcing pros to race WTC branded events, even if their previous Kona winner. Prize money is a little up a little, and eight percent rule will be removed. Back to the original question: with interest rates pretty crappy at the moment, they're not as much as they could. But it depends who is holding on to the 1.5 million for the year before the event. The bigger rip-off is the Active.com $30 admin fee for something that will cost them a few pennies. Okay, John. There's only one true mission statement of any non-charity, and that's to make as much profit as possible. Oh, he's harsh. He's harsh. I'm going back to good old, uh, who was it, Josh? Josh, yeah, Josh. Okay, so interesting. So basically what he's saying, first of all, that they probably make about 100000 a race, mm-hmm. and... To, to turn over ten million, they'd basically have to have a hundred races, and they, mm-hmm. apparently they got bought for fifty million dollars a while back. Right, word on the street. Yeah, interesting article suggested though that they turn a profit of likely fifty percent on their retail licensed products, mm-hmm. and their annual of fifty million dollars in sales a year. Mm-hmm. So I mean five hundred million dollars in sales a year. Right. So the Ironman brand brings them in five hundred million dollars of sales, which in theory would equal twenty fifty. Well, based on his thoughts here, they get fifty percent of that, so they're pulling in two hundred fifty million dollars a year just from the licensing, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. The reference uh, I put on a triathlon for two hundred competitors this spring: sixty-five dollar entry fees for a sprint distance, thirteen thousand dollar race budget. We had all the basics covered, but not loaded with the superstitious expenses. Our club turned a profit of only two hundred dollars less than two percent. Mm, so if he took a wage, he would have made like a dollar an hour. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> no, no, um, hey, basically, what he's saying is that I mean, is the races are just a way to help to build the brand, and the brand is, is yeah. the merch that really makes some money. It's going to be interesting. They've, they've basically changed the way they're doing it. it. Used to be a franchise system, so you know, I Man New Zealand would pay yep. a licensing fee, and they would run the race. So they, all they would make off that. 
I, I don't know how much that franchise has cost, $50,000, $100,000, whatever. But it, basically now they're taking over all the races, so I guess they're probably going to try to leverage off that and make a bit more money out of the races um, because yeah, you're seeing the domino effect now. Each race now is, is, is owned by WTC. That's in the, the iron distance races. I think the 70.3, they're really looking at a different model there, and, and it seems that most of the races there, that is probably going to be more of a franchise system because there's so many of them. But I think they really John, want to keep... this is two weeks in a row, John. I think they two really, really want to keep those uh, you know, Ironman races. We're a professional outfit. Well, when we're not really. website, <laughs> you know, people look at it and they think, geez, these guys are professional now. Someone's even got voice actualization. Oh. Oh. Axel Riser. Oh. Sorry, Axel. Axel. Silence. Silence, Axel. Sean oh. Newson. Um... We're not getting 500 million because you play phone rings every week, that's why. But I think Joshua's nailed it. Um, I would have guesstimated, you know, they'd make, a, I guess, a 30% markup. I mean, I guess it's just standard sort of retail, anywhere from 30 to 50 cent market on the on the entry fee. But I think, um, and then a lot of that is going to have to start going to drawing salaries. But, you know, the, once you get past a certain point with race organisation, a lot of the costs are fixed costs. It's, it is what I'd like to know is when it, com- when it comes to... Okay, so I, I think he's right. I think that really the, the, the money's in the brand. Yeah, totally. And the brand is, is putting the brand on other products to make the profit mm-hmm. and taking the licensing fee from that. So I'm curious about this. I'm curious to see um, putting Iron Man on a brand really doesn't give it much credibility. Like I know Timex watches. You know, that, that's a good brand. It works in line with Avon. I'm not really sure about You know what I mean? Like, I wonder mm-hmm. what brands are really getting value from the Iron Man label. I suppose that's another discussion in itself. But that is interesting, isn't it? Well, I think those brands... Then use then they use that that logo in their marketing, and I think I think it's probably got quite a bit of pull. Like Seppo bikes, I think that's that's really um, pushing it out there with with the. the well, I think brand. I think I think if, it helps to me. It works if the products align with the sport. Yes. Whereas I'm in bed. Like, mm. I don't know, if, if I'm in a bed sore mm. and i got a bed, a Sealy Prostopedic and an Ironman bed there, the I'm still going to trust more. the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm still going to trust the brand that I know is the best bed maker, not just one that's got an Ironman on it. So, you know, uh, yeah, it is interesting. Anyway. At the end of the day, we've got to remember, they're a business and they're there to make money. And we've got no problem with them making money. And we've got no problem with that. And if you don't like it, go to a different race. Yeah, totally. Okay, so this week's discussion, John, you've, you've written something down here. No oh, topic. No, really. It's relevant now. Bryce Sherbach. Oh, no, hold on. He's told me how to pronounce it. Um, Sherbach. Bryce Sherbach. Uh, the email I sent a while back asked you if you had the opportunity to take an elite athlete from an endurance discipline that was oh. part of a triathlon, i.e. a swimmer, cyclist, or runner, train them for 12 weeks prior to an iron distance event. And, and top, top who of the line dudes. Well, who would you rather have? Be specific as, uh, as to which athlete would be the most, uh, oh, be most interesting. So, you know, for example, Michael, Fallop, Michael Phelps versus Fabian Cancellara versus Ryan Hall, who's a marathoner, for those of you who don't know. John, I know we have to wait till next week, but who would you pick out of those no. three? No! Oh, come on! This, is how, this also on, this leads is to question. asking which background gives athletes the most advantage at various distances for triathlon the, the second question is too hard, but because it depends on how old you are. So, like, for a young swimmer, that's a real advantage in triathlon if you're like 18 that's true yes. you know what I mean but whereas if you're a 25 year old and you've been a mean cyclist mm-hmm. you know you, you could probably you know like so it's a bit of a hard one that one but so, the first question is absolute gold so just pluck out the best swimmer in the world best cyclist so in the world. you go with the sport you want and then name the athlete yes. so you go, go I'm going to go swimming I'm going to Phelps or um, whoever or you go cycling I'm going to Armstrong because he's out of the tour yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then running you go Celeste Gabriel Celeste yeah. <laughs> don't think his swimming's going to be too strong uh, you, <laughs> you can probably run down an hour and a half yeah. 
Okay, so a uh, great question, Bryce at Sensation. Let's put some music on, John, because... Oh, we've got too long. Oh, the phone's ringing again. It's your phone. Oh, Turn your phone out. But no, but back. guess what? Yeah. It's on the buzzer, so they don't uh, know, John. It's vibrating the table. Yeah, it's vibrating the table. I'm going to answer this the, phone call. Here's some oh, music. Oh, bloody hell. Here we go. And good old Brian Miller sent through Age Group of the Week this week, and he wants to nominate a good friend of his called JJ Neely. Because JJ Neely was awarded the Coach of the Year from the OAT, the Ontario, Ontario Associations of Triathletes. He is a father and a husband and competes actively in triathlons. He organises Oprah Warner swims throughout the summer and coaches swimming in the winter. He recently placed third in his age category in the Well End Half Iron Distance Triathlon. JJ has time for not only as athletes but others as well. You can hear him laugh through the whole transition area. He would make a great age group of the week as he listens to the show and he is currently in the process of buying an iron tall jersey. If you, if you want to be an age group of the week, that's all you got to do is buy a jersey. I'm sure I was about to say I recognise the name from somewhere. So, yeah, same actually. So, Maybe send us an email through at some stage. It's probably because he's ordered a bike jersey. But I, but I think these guys like the, like you know the JJs of the world. You know, these guys are the, are the key to our sport, aren't they? Put something back in there. Oh, you know what I mean? Because and obviously he's got a bit of a business happening around at the same time, which is all good. But, you know, like, you've got... This sport isn't a big sport, and it doesn't get government... Well, I don't know, like, it doesn't get huge government funding where you... Just go, Joe Bloggs doesn't. The lead athletes do, but that's about Yeah, but it's not like you're getting, like, rugby in New Zealand where mm. there's all these systems set up where it still works really well. You know, we're, we're a sport that battles to get people coming along, and you need the JJs of the world getting out there and just doing the bit for the community and um, that, you know like it's really important eh and now he's going to be styling the new I Am Talk jersey well in that case so that just and that's rockets him up the, the, the popularity rankings with us so uh yeah. JJ Neely coach athlete father contributor to the community contributor to the community great name yes I wonder what JJ stands for what do you reckon um Jazzy John Jazzy, Jazzy John, Jazzy John. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah. uh, nice. So, JJ, you are our Age Group of the Week. Beautiful. One, two, three, four, high five! I did my Kung Fu chop Nice. You like the Kung Fu chop? Actually, actually, make sure we talk about Facebook at the end today. Right. Uh, because there's a great t shirt someone put on there. Right, before we start this, though, we are, are the champions. champions well, they should have done. If you keep talking, I'll keep going. If you're a New Zealander, you'll know about the story. Keep on fighting. But, there was only <laughs> one team. One undefeated team of the World, World Cup, John. Cup, no, Brazil, was. John. Was it Brazil? Was it Brazil? No, no it was not Brazil. Was, was it England? No. no. It must have been the Australians. It wasn't Ghana, was it? Ghana, no. No. It was New Zealand. So we are the only undefeated team of the World Cup, so theoretically we, we are the best be in the, the world. We are the best in the world. No, well, no one can beat New Zealand. Swanee, are you going to come back at us with that one? <laughs> Give us some stats. You can't go back. We are the only undefeated team in the world in the World Cup. Did you watch the final? No, I sort of had it on the background. All we could hear was the whistle blowing and penalty and foul. And no, I watched a lot when I was in Poland. I was a bit over it. It is interesting. Well, you know what? Let's get into this. So good old Stuart Gilchrist sent through a high discussion of the week. And, uh, and topical right now, actually, because yes. the Soccer World Cup's been on. And he's got, why triathlon is better than soccer? Do you want to start, John? Number one, diving. That is what Italian soccer players do anywhere in sight of the goal. You know what? It's not just Italians. Yes. You know what? Most soccer players do. particularly bad. Um, we have drafting, which is bad, but not as bad as diving. Not as bad. Take a dive in triathlon, and all that you get is road rash. Calm down, John. <laughs> I know the ITU athletes dive at the start, but this is Iron Talk. Oh, uh, nice. Vuvuzela is number two, John. 
They sound good at an Ironman. Any sport out of the course, uh, wait a second, any support out on the course is much appreciated. So he's true. So I right. agree. If you, you know, four or five of those bad boys. Imagine doing a whole race with, <laughs> with them going the whole time. Just be insane. I can't imagine what the noise would be like. And they've been banned in New Zealand in most uh, rugby games. Oh, they? Yeah. Why? Um, because they're just. Uh, I don't know. It's just there's just a horrible noise. <laughs> it's great. It's great if you're sitting there watching on TV. But I bet if you're at the game, well, if somebody else can comment on that. But it just it would. But the thing me. is, I think you'd have one. Sorry. And then you're into it. You know. Mm. Then you feel you're adding to the sound. Anyway, mm. if you were there, do you like them or do you not? Okay. No. Number three, draws. There are no draws in triathlon. Have you ever seen a dead heat in an Ironman? We've got that one close that I put on YouTube. Yeah, they're very close, but we've never had a dead heat. No. Could you really have one? No, because, well, it depends if you've they got... They wouldn't have a timing chip. They've the got photo they? finishes at, at, like, ITU races, um, so... Okay, number four, the pros. At least in triathlon, you can race on the same course and sometimes even talk to the pros. Mm. Well, the, the soccer players are rock stars, but aren't they? Mm. You know, those soccer players, you know, they're, they're the biggest names in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you've got, a, like, a Rooney. He's just as big as Jordan. You know, mm. these guys are known everywhere. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be that famous. You're horrible. You know, Iron Talk fame's hard work. <laughs> I go to town. You're that guy from Iron Talk. I'm like, yeah, I know, but just give me some privacy, please. Yeah, the, the, the Kiwi guys are probably good at quite a quite nice level yep. of fame where they can sort of leverage off it a little bit, yep. but um, they probably don't get every man and his dog. No, no, bugger that. Number five, old folks. They can I can still do an Ironman in my 40s, but all my 40-year-old friends who play soccer or football destroy their knees or ankles before the season even ends that is, is probably very true and number six more bling in triathlon there's no denying that we like our bling you can't bling soccer up too much can no, you they have those gold boots get yourself that's a jambalati ball or whatever that's yeah. about as far as you can bling it you don't want to really want a jambalati no, ball either, do you? No. number seven most soccer players end the game frustrated if only etc etc an Ironman <laughs> Most people end up feeling pretty exhausted but happy. I've got a flatmate, Richard, and uh, he's a good guy. He plays soccer, and he loses, and he's, he's still kind of happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, go, I had to go last weekend. Oh, it was a good game. What happened? He's like, he never gives me the result. Yeah. I had to go, oh, it was a good game. Oh, yeah, what happened? Oh, we lost 2-1. Well, 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 it was a good game. Oh, you know, we played well. Yeah. It's, all about, it's all about a lot of social bonding yeah. and stuff, isn't it? Bonding, Slapping each other on the back, going yippee-i-a. Yippee-i-a. Any other tips, John? Just, I'm just, I think, if you approach a referee and start abusing him, automatic red card. The one I loved the most, so I did watch, the, I watched the last probably 40 minutes of the final, so I saw the extra time and probably 20 minutes leading into that, and I loved it when the final whistle were gone, and the game was over, and, and the Dutchies are still going up to the ref, look yeah. as if he's going, oh wait a second guys, yeah. wait a second, yeah. we're putting the game back on, another oh. half an hour, because yeah. they were complaining. Yeah. <laughs> like, Whereas so. you watch some quality entertainment on Saturday nights, the All Blacks, all blacks oh. dominating. That was quality entertainment. That was quality. Unless you're South African. Yeah, yeah and the as you went downtown, so we loved it. Yeah. Right, let's put some music on. Thank you very much. Who sent through that one? Good old Stuart Gilchrist. Here's some more music. Coach's Corner. Look at that, John. I was just, I was just, this is a bit of a side note. I've got an old, old, uh, slow twitch, great website that it is. Yeah. Look at that, John. Coffee's of Hawaii. Yeah, but don't, that's, we, we, give, we give out better specials than that. I know, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. That's enough, Batman, is it? Or? I think it's, um, was it horse, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway, um, Coach's <laughs> Corner. <laughs> okay, John. So, one thing about us triathletes is we like to give back to the community, community, just like JJ, was it? 
JJ Neely. Neely. Uh, and uh, and so you thought maybe well, no, I didn't it. think. Oh, back it up, Bryce Sherbach. Yeah, Sherbach. Oh, bloody hell! Scroll up, <laughs> but I want to make sure I pronounce that right. It's regular. It was Sherbach. It was because it was um, Sher as in yep. Sherbach. Yep. Bryce Sherbach emailed in a little while ago, and he said, um, "It's fine. I have a question. I've been in triathlon for a couple of years now, and I'm going to pursue a USAT coaching certification. I'm 27." and I've decided to go for something I'm passionate about, ditching a career in restaurant management. My question is, how much of a market is there for coaches right now? I guess um, I guess for John here. Can you describe the process you encounter when developing your own program in terms of challenges and fears you had? Thanks, gentlemen. Look forward to hearing you guys soon. Well, sometimes John does his piece by just writing some pieces of paper fuffs around before yeah. the show and but this week he's done the, you've done your piece mate well I thought I'd better write an article on this one because it's a question you should send it sorry you should send it to the X try or something like that yeah, it needs a bit of editing I've got an editing person who did you get hold of it I have and I will flick this through it just needs a bit of uh, bit of sprucing up so I thought um, firstly coaching look at it sensational work John can I, can I contribute as well you can, definitely yeah great um, so Firstly, just a little bit about coaching and how to get into it, and then maybe secondly, we can sort of go into a little bit of the business side of things yep. and how you can totally. develop that. Yep. Um, one thing, you know, you can get accreditation, which you're doing, and I think for most people that's probably a necessary step. You don't always necessarily learn huge amounts when you go to a level one coaching course. It just starts on the process. Eh? It starts on the process, and it will often get you in the loop with your national federation in terms of upskilling you further. They may start sending you, you know, monthly newsletters on different topics you can read on coaching um, and it will often get you on their database in terms of being listed once you have that sort of It does give you credibility as well because I know for myself when I because I was using Mark um, Bevan's coach old coach Mark Elliott Mark Elliott as my triathlon Ironman coach when I first started and then he didn't want to take me anymore (laughs) because I was just not that important to him and uh, I was Bevan number two in him yes and uh and, and I looked at you, yep. and the only reason I went for you is because you had the accreditation well, on your website. But that was honestly, that was the yeah. thing that gave you credibility to me was that, oh, he's accredited, he must be good. Nice. So, so for a lot of, for non-athletes, like maybe for us people who have been in the industry for a while, we understand that accreditation is pretty basic level, mm-hmm. but for the person who's never done a triathlon before, who knows nothing about sport, to be affiliated with your local association does actually give you credibility. Yep, so that'd be step number one, I'd say. So you're on the right path there. Um, if you're still an active athlete, I would recommend having a coach yourself. Um, yep. And that way you can just learn the different structures. And, and if, if I was going through this process again, I'd probably say maybe have switch coaches after a season, but, but explain that to the coach. And I've had that people do that before me. Yep. They've said, I want to be coached for a year, um, and then I'm going to move on because I want to do, do a coach be a yep. coach myself. And then they'll try somebody else and just learn different ways of coaching. So I think that would be a really good thing for you if you're still an active athlete. Um, but be open and honest about it because often the coach is going to start working you know, maybe on a three, four year plan if you're really serious about things if you're only going to be a year then maybe you can fast track things and, and he can talk through the process that he's going through, he or she's going through yep. number three, there's obviously a ton of um, information to read out there online, offline um, and you've got to just start developing your own opinions there's, there's a lot of conflicting things out there these days so you just that's the thing, you can kind of find information that goes for any argument, can't you? Mm. you know, and so you've really got to figure out what works for you exactly, and um, trial and error and, and a lot of that will come from the experience you have with athletes, isn't it? and yourself Yeah, I, I tend to, to trial things on myself first and then uh, smash it out on the athlete second nice. um, um, 
when, whenever we go to um, coaching courses you know, and we give, give feedback, the most common thing that coaches say in terms of the areas they, they learn the most is from shadowing other coaches. So if you can be involved in that, um, it's fantastic. Shadowing meaning you go work beside them and see what yeah. they do. You just observe. So if there's a, a really great coach in your area, just say, can I come along to a few sessions? Just watch what you're doing. Maybe you can explain the, the layout of the session, the preparation you do. If they're really experienced, it may not be a huge amount of preparation because it's all in their head. Um, but just ask them what they're sort of looking at and what they're trying to achieve with that session. One, one thing you can do to add to this is, is to read some books from great coaches, not even in the sport mm-hmm. of triathlon. Like I know Wayne Bennett, who is the, was the mm-hmm. former Broncos coach, and yep. Nelson George, George, and uh, quite a, quite an amazing rugby league coach. And apparently his book, um, Don't Die With The Music In You, is a coaching kind of aid is one of the best books you can read so yeah and phil jackson the guy who is the um one of the best basketball coaches of all time i think he's won 11 nba championships yep so um phil jackson uh he apparently one of his books is a pretty great read as well so sometimes to read some other coaches just people because coaches ideally the the focus of a coach is to take someone to the next level and Mm -hmm. while the skill set will change within different sports um a lot of the the principles that that it, that it takes to actually create that growth in someone uh, transferable, aren't they? And, and as you said, I think it was really good to go to the single sports and go and watch a running coach taking runners, yeah. go and watch a swimming coach taking swimmers and a biking coach taking bikers. And, and I think that's really important for even the more experienced athletes, coaches to go and do that. You can you can often learn a few new new tricks and, uh, you know, sure, there's different ways. Triathlon is, is more of an individual time trial and they may be coaching, say, 1,500-metre runners or 400-metre swimmers, so obviously the session's going to need to be tweaked a little bit. But um, you can learn a lot about technique, and and it's, it's one thing you need to be aware of. Like one thing about group fit, um, which which we learn really well, is um, is crowd control and how to get the best out of a group of people. Like one thing, one of my skill sets I've developed over the years of being in front of people is I can get up in front of a group of people, know how to coordinate and know how to organise them, know how to make sure everything's working smoothly and to get the best out of the session. Mm-hmm. And you find a lot of people who are new to having groups of people in front of them are just really disorganised, mm-hmm. and so you don't you don't have an objective for this session and that the people doing the session don't actually achieve the objective that you're trying to achieve and so sometimes just you know seeing what people do in those environments can help you just pick up a few tips to, to see what they're doing and it, it doesn't make a big it's just that whole learning curve thing isn't it oh, yeah. if you can get someone to model off you're going to save so much learning for yourself you need to, confidence is a big thing and if yeah. you can be organized and as Bevan said if you've got a bit of a plan and working to it then uh, you'd be confident you look confident and, and people believe and, and you know what if you look confident you look professional mm. whereas if you turn up you're running late you don't know where the where the bloody cones are meant to go and you know what I mean like it looks like <laughs> mouse doesn't it and you're kind of thinking to yourself well, what's this guy going to do for me you know whereas if you turn up you know what you're doing you're on the mark everything's set up you're ready to give the session here's the objective here's what we're trying to achieve you know people are going to think well this guy knows his stuff you're on to it mm. um, when you're first starting out get a few projects um, and by projects I'm meaning a few couple of little athletes to start working on and, th- and this will be start part of an accreditation most likely you'll have to have a couple of little uh, programs to get together so you know, just just think locally in terms of maybe getting some some family members if they're starting to get into the sport, or basically work with with lower level athletes that are, that are new to it and, and don't have too much of a clue. It's generally the easiest way place to start. Yeah, and um, they, a because they've got so much growth, eh? Yeah, because like, anything you do, they're going to do great. It's like when you personal train. When you first start personal training, mm. you get a new client who's never been to the gym. They just think you're amazing. Yeah, but yeah. it's just because I've started exercising. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so, but um, but but when you when you're doing that, you want to you want them and you to take it seriously. So sort of lay out what you are trying to achieve, and you need to get some really honest feedback um, to help you to help you grow and, and develop and uh, and move on. Number six, I've got here: getting try to get 
involved either in a local club or do some co-coaching. So most clubs around the world are really short on volunteer anythings, and and coaching is an area that most, you know, when people join a club, they're often joining it so they can do some training sessions uh, and and to be involved with it with the coach. So get involved. If there's already coaches in there, again, you might be able to co-coach or or shadow them. And uh, bloody hell, John, three times... Blinda, Blinda going to the gym. No, she's not going to the gym tonight. Well, but why, why didn't you just turn the phone off? Well, it's 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 it's. it's what you're saying? They're more important in the, in the show. You can read that. Read whatever you want into oh, that. Um, so get involved with your local triathlon club. Uh, number seven, I've got down there. Keep racing. I think. Oh, wait a second. I think one other thing with the triathlon club: build your triathlon club. Mm. So don't just get involved. Actually, do things to get other people into your club. Because the bigger the triathlon club, the, the more people are going to need coaching. So if you've got friends who want to do a triathlon, say, oh come on, I'll do a club, and then try and make the club and so it's a social environment that makes people feel welcomed. And by building the club there's going to be more demand for coaches and so it means there's going to be more opportunity for you to grow your business. Exactly. Mm. And and often the club can access, like our club can access different funding and stuff so you may be able to actually get paid through the club for taking sessions. So you might be able to, like for example, you do some biking stuff, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, get involved there. Keep racing, as I said, I think that's really important. Keeps you in touch with um, with racing, with, with pushing hard and my personal opinion with Ironman um, is... If you're going to coach Ironman athletes, it makes a huge difference if you've actually done an Ironman. Um, if you haven't done one, yeah. sure, you can still coach it, but you actually know what's going on. So yeah. of 25k in the race, you actually know how, how badly it hurts. and You can, probably yeah, you can read every book in the world, but until you've done the race. Mm. Um, one big thing that I'm really keen on is always to lead by example. Uh, I think that's really important. So um, as Bevan was saying, you know, making sure you're on time and, and disciplined, I think that's really important. Um, and then... When you're starting to take it sort of to the next level and starting to develop programs, try to start documenting things and and building templates yeah. and building up a library of sessions. There's, there's, um, whenever I'm doing programs, one of the things I've sort of pride myself on is is I do really personalise every program. There's only so yeah, many ways. Copy paste. Yeah, well, you, you can to an extent, and that's why you need to build up a library of sessions. But then you've got to sort of manipulate a bit to make it sort of fit in with that with that. Yeah, person. but I mean the whole program. You don't just go okay. Just give this guy the beginner program. No, yeah. Um, and so I think you know you need to start developing those those sessions. You know, say you might have your favourite long rides, and then when you actually put it into somebody's program, you may tweak it slightly, but at least then you don't have to retype the whole session. Um, yep. And that's really important. And I know that's something you do a lot with your uh, your race team thingy. Yeah. So that's sort of getting um, how to sort of get into coaching. Um, I think some other important considerations when you're starting. Um, as soon as you start charging people for, for coaching, um, expectations are going to change. Um, so you need to decide. I think, I think there's a few things that we need to go in here. First of all, don't be afraid to charge. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. One of my racing coaches is um, he's a really like he knows everything about running. He's one of these guys who's read every running book ever. He's run a mm-hmm. two and a half hour marathon. He's a good runner. Been running for 25 years, and he's just a great coach. Eh? And and he's actually me writing me up my marathon program right now, and I'm working with him. And and he charged. I said, I'll oh, pay me. You know, charge me because I'm willing to pay. I want to pay proper dollar and he's charged me like 80 bucks and he's putting hours into me mm-hmm. and I was like mate you've got to value your service more yes but I think that the important question is is you've got to decide whether you want to charge or not you know if you want to oh, do okay. it, you know, that's, that's the thing what I'm saying is when, when, when you're starting to charge people expectations change so it's well, fine I, to charge I, I people I suppose the thing is, is ultimately to make money to be the best coach you can you need to make money 
because if you want to make, if you want to be the best coach you can, you want to educate yourself, you want to develop yourself, you want to get all these systems in place, and that stuff takes time. Mm-hmm. And time with the athletes actually bugger all of your time. Yeah. So you know, if it just wants to be you're helping a couple of guys in your triathlon club, well, that's okay. But if you want to be to actually be the best coach you can, you actually have to make a living. Mm-hmm. And to make a living, you need to provide a great service. But you should also, because you provide a great service, charge a fair amount for your service. Yep. I'm a big believer in that. Yep. Uh, number two, set expectations when dealing with athletes, um, and that that comes to whether you're doing it professionally or as as a volunteer coach. So, you know, this is what you'll get with me. Yep, this is yep. what you're going to get. This is what you're going to pay. And if you if you're not happy with that, then we either discuss it or you, you don't you don't do it. So if you're an athlete, that, if you have an athlete says I want to have um, weekly contact, I want to have phone phone call every every um, every five days, and I want you to review my program, you know, twice a week, and, and I just want one one week at a time. And if you say, well, that's just you know, you've just got to be realistic what you can provide and what the athlete wants, and if it doesn't match up. Just stop it before you even start. Just one thing, I'm not sure if you say this later on, but take your time to build. You know, like if you, let's say you do want to make a living out of it, and it's a hard one, that one. I always think that if, in fitness, if you're trying to build a database, you should have a part-time job first of all, so it takes the pressure really? off making a living mm-hmm. because otherwise you just become a bit of, you look like a desperate person trying mm-hmm. to make money, so you, you'll take people on who may not be the right people or mm-hmm. you just make stupid decisions because you're a little bit desperate. But the other reason you want to build slowly is because you, you just don't, don't know how to run it. You actually jump on a money one. Don't expect to go from zero to hero. Yeah, but, but also just not because... You know, you're hoping that it'll happen, but also just because you don't know the demands at each level. Mm-hmm. So if we look at my racing business, the first time we had 16 people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that was a bit of a mission. And then next time we had 35, and that was a mission. And this time we had 60, and that was a mission. And we're hoping to get to like a 1,000 people training, but there's no way we could have had a 1,000 people the first time around. It's mm-hmm. like you've got to learn the processes that goes along in the way. And so, um, yeah, I just think that plan to build slowly and learn the lessons as you go. Yep. If you may be looking to do it in, in more of a uh, voluntary sort of role, I think it's really use, useful to maybe have sort of three programs running at once. So what I'm getting at here is uh, so you can deflect getting heaps and heaps of questions and structure doing heaps and heaps of different programs. What I'd do is if, if I was going to be more of a volunteer sort of coach and getting quite a few different people approaching me through the club, I'd probably have a fairly stock standard Olympic yep. distance, Ironman, and half Ironman program, say, leading up to the local events. So, yep. for example, if I was in, based in Christchurch, I'd say, right, the New Zealand Triathlon Champs or any Olympic distance time, I'm going to have set up a program for everybody to more or less follow. These are the key sessions, and then you can just tweak it um, according to your sort of needs. And likewise, you build it up for Ironman New Zealand or Challenge Wanaka or a particular half Ironman. So I'd suggest maybe having three template programs and then tweak it from there if you're not looking to do this professionally, otherwise you're just going to get absolutely bombarded with heaps of questions. Um, balance, we talk about this a lot. Uh, it's really, really easy to start getting um, just trampled to death when you when you get into coaching and, and you can sometimes, if you don't get yeah. those expectations in line early on, all of a sudden you know, somebody is paying you 50 bucks a month and you, you end up you're putting like four hours work, four yeah. or five hours work into them. So get those expectations right and make sure that you're still going to have the balance where you can still train. Like um, Bryce mentions here, he's still an active athlete, so you've got to make sure that you're still going to have time to train. 
And that's where that whole build thing comes back into play, say, because mm. if you do it slowly, you'll kind of figure out what time an athlete takes. You know, when you first yeah. start out, you know, and the first thing is when you first start out, you end up spending 20 hours on the athlete because you mm. want to provide a real good service. But then you realise when you get to 10 athletes, you can't provide that service. It's just not realistic. And so, again, that build thing and, and maintaining balance. And I, and I think one thing to consider here is time management mm-hmm. um, because once you become, like, it's easy when you work for someone else because you go to work at 8 in the morning and you leave at 5. Mm-hmm. So you know you're working then. But when you work for yourself, and we're both self employed, mm-hmm. You, you have to get really good at saying, okay, now I stop working, mm-hmm. and now I go jump on my I'm piano, and now I spend time. Oh, you aren't. So you, you, <laughs> I'm okay, but I, I could be, could be a lot better. Yeah, yeah, you've really got to, it's very hard. Yeah, it, it is really hard, eh? Hey, because you just kind of think, oh, there's more work to do. I must just jump on the computer now and yep. catch up on some work. And so, it's one thing I've re- really hard on. And I'm uh, still at times can be a little bit kind of found working on stuff I shouldn't be working at. But I am pretty good at going. No, today I really want to play my piano for a couple of hours. That's piano time. Or now I need to meditate. Or now it's time for Joe or Tyler. And um, it, it is it is challenging. Because the oh. work's always there, eh? Especially when it's computer-based work and you've got a little connection at home. Yeah, yeah, and wireless. And you've got your unplug, unplug your internet. That's what I start doing now. Really? <laughs> yes, yeah. as a way to restrict it. Yeah, yeah great. Um, so some business considerations. Um, as you said, uh, as Bryce mentioned earlier on, there's a big market out there, um, but it's a competitive market, you know, and you've got to have a reason why people are going to sign up to sign up to you. Um, you know, locally, the, the advantage you can have is if you're there, and I think that's a really big advantage if you can actually have face-to-face contact and hands-on coaching, that's a huge advantage. Yep. Um, but if you're just looking to be a internet-based distance coach, <coughs> then you know you're competing with people all over the world, so you're going to have to figure like out... A, like me. You're going down. <laughs> down, down. So you're going to have to figure out a way... Um, to make that work for you and I think you know I'd, I'd really sound a warning out there that you probably don't want to just be doing internet based coaching if you're sitting there doing programming and that's all you're yeah, doing boring. and talking to people uh, you know each day, every day, doing the same thing. I think you, you'll struggle. Do you get Probably a little bit out of touch as well. Sorry, do you get a little bit out of touch? Oh yeah. I yeah. suppose if you could do your own stuff. No, I think, it's not so I, bad. Th- I think you need to have. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. I've got my fingers in quite a few pies, but I think if I was doing say a nine to five every day, just doing program, just dealing with athletes, yeah, I think you would. Um, yeah. So I like to, to have a, have my fingers in several different pies. So. I think in regards to this, as well as building your brand, you know, um, and, and and fitness or and triathlon, John used to mean something, and mm-hmm. you know, you've you know, you know what, John's done this for years, and so. You know, while John has a name, it's not like he just turned up out of nowhere and said, "Oh, he's John Newsom. You should know me." It's that he's put all this stuff into the community. He's done all this work. He's raced. He's got, you know, he's known as a good athlete. He's done all these things. So when people in, in Christchurch talk about triathlon, like if I say, "Oh, John," people, most people who know triathlon will know John. Well, it's true. <laughs> you know, and, and I've done the same thing in fitness. So I can Christchurch. My name's one of the big fitness names, and and so when I bring a product to the market now, it's got credibility. But it's because I've spent ten years in Christchurch building my fitness name mm-hmm. up, and this stuff doesn't take. You know, it doesn't happen overnight, but if you're constantly build, doing stuff with your name associated to it, it's good for people and grows people, and it's professional. In the long term, your business will survive and will be really thriving. Totally. So, uh, yeah, think of your name brand. So think about your revenue streams um, and where that's going to come from. So, so part of it might come from being uh, doing your online coaching. Um, other coaches, you know, things they do, maybe bike fitting, um, kids programs, single sport video analysis. I think that's a, an area that's got quite a bit of growth if you can become quite proficient in using um, you know, your video camera and then using some software to really analyze uh, yep. technique with some detail. I think that there's definitely some growth there. And um, and I know one thing that you find good is, is doing group fitness, you know, doing group sessions. Yeah, and I'm not just talking about aerobic classes here. Like I've got my running group, and it's it's proven to be hugely successful. And, and it, it's, it's a different kind of a beast of training an athlete because there's a lot more – 
management of people and it's actually about mm. coordination and management but it, it's you know you can get 10 people and you can charge $10 a head and you're making you know $100 a session so mm. it's a good way you kind of it's you, efficient use of your time yeah and what you can do is, is for your athletes you can say oh here's my individual coaching and let's have this group session once a week as well like I know that's what a lot of personal mm. trainers, trainers do nowadays is they you might see me once a week individually but then you'll join me for two of my group sessions mm. and so the main session will cost you 70 bucks mm. but the group sessions only cost you 20 bucks but the, mm. the PTs have you know 10 people in those sessions so yeah. it's a good way just to bring some of that revenue income in and so, I think it's really important to do some hands on coaching being out there and actually doing it rather than just talking it on the computer all the time yeah um, so just a few yeah, considerations why would someone choose you um, what to charge it's a really difficult one to spend some time thinking about that um, you've got to make sure that you can actually make a living out of this you've got to go I'm not just going to charge $100 a month or whatever you've got to figure out how yeah. much revenue you need to be making and then and, work and, and look, at, look at business, read business books you know, mm. what is a margin how much time does it take to make that margin look I remember my first business I ever did was a massage business and, and I was just a young man dumb and so I put all this I read all these books and I was doing all this stuff and, and after a while I sat down and I read this really good book on just learning your margins and stuff and it worked, I was making like three bucks an hour <laughs> and I was like this is a stupid business like there's no sense in this business because at the time there's no reflection of effort and so you know like, it was just because I was keen but I didn't actually have much business sense yeah. and the more you can spend time developing your business sense as well because there's a lot actually you know what at the end of the day that's 50% of, of what's going to make you a successful coach is your business side of what you do yeah. so and in a lot of um, places around the world I know in Christchurch one thing you can do you can easily go get a business mentor through your local business de- yeah. development agency or whatever through your local council so check that out as well <coughs> beautiful that'll do love your work John let's get this on slow twitch or extra Okay. Because there's a great article. Thank you. By John Newsom, Triathlon Coach. What should we talk about the website? CoachJohnNewsom.com. See, even just CoachJohnNewsom.com. That's right. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. All right, let's put some music on. Um, here's some music, John. Website of the week. And good old DCRainmaker.com. Is our website of the week? And good old, I think, good old James Botel. Did he send it through? John Back it up. Fitz. Good old Fitzy. Fitzy, John Fitz. And, and the reason he sent it through is this good old DC Rainmaker is, is the guy, um, well, this is obviously his name, um, but this guy, we, we have geeks in our sport, don't we, John? Yeah. And you, I, you call him DC Rainmaker well, geek, Not, not as a geek as in, like, looks like, you know, the 80s stereotypical geek, but as in knows his shit yeah and uh and the good old uh john fitz sent through and he said this guy reviews things like gps watches heart rate monitors sci-fi scales you know all that stuff we need um but basically he wanted to buy a garmin 310 xt and i uh, this review and the review that dc rainmaker made was just spot on this guy just breaks it down he does, and the thing he's gone, he's, basically, he's, he's gone through, I think the area he really has gone through a lot is a lot of the electronic stuff, you know, um, GPSs, different sorts of hardware monitors, all the different sorts of um, well, like uh, GPSs. Well, he's got the 110 Forerunner, uh, and he's just got the watch, the, the GPS support, the basic design, form and function, price, and you know, like, you will go on things like Amazon, and he's obviously got a link to buy it on Amazon, which is all good, but you go on these places... And you'll get someone who say, "Oh, yeah, it's a good watch." Yeah, you know what I mean. But if you're if you're gonna spend a good amount of money on a, on, on a watch or any kind of technical device, you kind of want to make sure it delivers on what you get for it. And uh, you know, this website's obviously a good resource to check these things out. 
Yep. So he's got on his, He's also an athlete himself, and he's got a, got a bit of the bling there. I saw he had a, a fairly fancy TT bike and the Aero helmet and everything going on. And he's just a guy who's obviously passionate about his equipment and about sort of sharing his experiences with his equipment. And I don't know where you went there, but but um, yeah, check it out. If you, especially if you're looking at getting some sort of GPS product and you're not quite sure which one to get, he's gone through all the details. It's dcrainmaker.com. Beautiful. And thank, thank you, much, John. John Fitz, for sending that in. Love your work. Uh, questions and answers. We should chuck a few extra ones on here, John. Okay, we had one sent in here from uh, Rich Osborne, and he was just saying he wanted a bit of love sent out to a new race that's up in Cornwall. They've got a three-quarter distance race. They've got a half Ironman. Cornelian. Yeah, they've got the the Kermoman, which is a three-quarter, the Cormoran, which is a half, and the Cormelian, which is an Olympic distance race. You can go to, we'll have a link on that, it's hayleytry.co.uk, slash a few things. Slash a few things, we'll put it on thebiomtalk.me. James, the wise man, Botel, sent through a link to YouTube, which uh, a friend of Tara Norton's had put together a video, I think it was in... Where was it? I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. It was actually quite cool. It was like Switzerland or something. And uh, it was a race you didn't... It was only about a month ago. Oh, Lanzarote. Lanzarote. Yeah. And it was, it was a real cool video, so check that out. Uh, Jeff Earl sent through an email. What does he say, John? Jensen Button getting checked. Oh, nice. It's another little... Uh, didn't yeah. actually read. He did get checked. By, yeah. by Young Girl, too. Nice. She was only like... 14. It was kind of like you were next one that time. Oh, <laughs> don't like that. <laughs> Good old the Dave, the Iceman Parson sent through. We're talking about jumping in an ice bath afterwards. He's saying yeah. the old put the ice in the poly to cup trick, John. John Ellis from Muscles Inc. Yeah. He, he does that when he, when he does all his massage and it's very effective. So you put your ice, you put your, your water in your ice cup in like a polyester cup, yep. chuck it in the freezer, and then when you take it, well, it works like a deodorant bottle, doesn't it? Yeah, that, that's really good, for, um, especially for, for injuries as well. Um, I still think for ease of time and, and actually cold bath. The, the cold bath or the cold pool, as I've got at the moment, is fantastic. Peter Colson sent through uh, a, a, a link to some words that Mecca wrote about the uh, Ray Lert boys. Yeah, did you read that piece? No, I did not. Maka's a good writer. All right. One thing you you, you know, you, people you either love him or hate him, but one thing about Maka is he knows his shit. Yeah. You know, and he loves the sport, mm-hmm. and and he's he's a, he's an entertaining character. You know what I mean? Like he he gets it, and he mm-hmm. does it really well. And uh, this piece, it was, I'll put a link to it on Dub Dub Dub. Yeah, it's a big read, but it was, was really he good. saying they're awesome. Just he has so much respect for them. You know what I mean? He was just like. You know, yeah, just he just loves his shit. You know when he talks like that, you know yeah. how Mecca talks. Yeah. You know these guys are just awesome. That's my yeah. Mecca impression. They did. They took it to him on the bike, and he held it off, and he and he ran, and he and he stayed away from them. Yes, yeah. uh, I met Germany last week. Yeah, that was an impressive race. Uh, ben, good old Ben Buckland, got some five fingers, John. Mm-hmm. Be a little bit careful with the five fingers. Because he got a stress fracture. He was saying he basically wanted to do some barefoot running. Uh, got an appear in February this year and started running on grass with the ultimate goal of running barefoot. I thought this is easing myself into running on concrete with and holding myself back. But by yesterday I had a stress fracture in my second metatarsal and had six weeks off running as much as I like the shoes. I think I would have been better off running barefoot as the five fingers gave me a false sense of protection. Yeah, so, I, I just think the whole thing with the barefoot running or the five finger Be running, careful. Be careful. Be really, really careful. Mm. And ease, ease, ease into, into it. it. Uh, so that's uh, all our questions and answers. Nick- oh, actually, no. Oh, okay, we'll do nicknames. Yep, go nicknames. Nicknames. Nicknames, so John. Fantastic people that have donated to the show that help us to keep uh, the website up and running and uh, all our hosting and what have you up to speed. Further and development. Further development, and we appreciate it a great deal. 
And we've got a few. We've got a few more coming next week. We've done some of them this week. Okay, John. So, wait a second. I did all these with your ones. Oh, they're on the new show. The oh, other the show. Revised show notes. Ah. Oh. Uh, I see you can got see. It's the revised show notes. Is this here? Yes. I've done three. Oh, you gave me like seven. I gave you six. <laughs> <laughs> What's all that about, Willis? I've got a couple more to do myself. Oh, you next better week. Be, Yeah, I'm not doing them, I tell you that much. Yours okay. just go in a machine and pop them No, out. they don't. I actually made up a couple of these ones. Did you? Yep. Okay, yeah. so first of all, I'll go Michael Robbins. Michael, the bootylicious bolter. Okay, nice. nice. Okay. Uh, Kit, the extreme hoff. Why'd you call him the extreme Gilly hoff? Brand. Well, because Kit is a night rider. And the oh, nice! That was good. And then when I went on to Athlinks, he was into all these different extreme sports, so I nice. thought the extreme half. Nice. These ones me. take some thought. I'll give you that much. Gavin, Miracle Boy Duffy. Nice. He's from Ireland, Garen. Gavin. Good. Yeah, he's from Ireland. Yeah. Nice. Well, there you go. The miracle Boy is. Troy. I should have called him the Nature Boy. Was Duffy? No. Who was the, who was the wrestler Duffy? Duffy no, wrestler? I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh. Troy. The speedy sheik. Oh, Watson. nice. Was he a sheik? But no, because he, he lives in um, Abu Dhabi and he's the one who um, works at the race car track and offered to offered you a oh. bike. So I thought, you know, he's from Abu Dhabi. I know he's not. Um, yeah, but he'd know a sheik. He's a she- he'd know a sheik and he works at the racetrack, so he's speedy. Nice. Well, I've got this one. How about this one? Boom, boom, pow! Cameron Robinson. Who's going to like that? Yeah, one? that's a good one. Yeah. Ah, loving it. You want me to do my next one? Yeah. Save you one. Yeah. Okay. James Awesome McAwesome McPherson. That's a mouthful. Right, McAwesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome McAwesome McPherson. Nice. It's sensational. You do one more. Okay. Um, magnificent Matthew Molly. So you win the MMM. Yeah. Triple M. Triple M. Yeah, you that, can, that could be okay, his yeah, other yeah, name. Triple M. Triple M. Magnificent Matthew Molly. Yeah. There we go. I'm running here right now. You keep talking. Always and again. I had one more. James the Feline Express Bishop. Pack it up. What's all that about? <laughs> because his, his picture on Athlinks is a picture of a cat. Mm-hmm. It's like not a picture of him, it's a picture of a cat. So I thought something feline. Yeah, yeah. And a feline well, express. He must love his cat. He must love his cat. I've put a triple wrong, that's right. Uh, Maureen, the Iron Warrior. I was thinking like Xena Warrior. Nice. Nice. The Iron Man Warrior. Nice. Yeah. Um, Gibbons. Nice. So lovely work, guys. Make sure you email those over to me. Oh, well, I put them on the website now, too. Okay. They're on the website, John. I know, but I haven't got internet access this week. Oh, really? I'm really struggling. That, that must be hard, isn't it? <laughs> no wonder you're turning off, right? You don't have it. Running an internet business without an internet. <laughs> yeah. It's just struggling. stressful, eh? Hey? Yeah. Because you, basically in our world, you have to check emails every day, don't you? Mm. You kind of have to. It's just, even on highs, it's just what you've got to do. Yeah. Okay, um, so if you want to donate to the show, you go to www.iamtalk.me. There's a little donate now on the front page. It takes you to the donation pages. You can do $1 or $4 a month, $4 recurring a month. payments, or just a one-off payment, but uh, we really do appreciate it, and uh, we're actually going to start our big fundraising for Kona next year. It's, 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 we can't promise you. I've got to have well, you got, last week you were talking it up to I've, me. I've got to have it cleared by House Commander. Well, can you do that by next week? Because I, I think... I, I've put it out there and it's being considered. Well, tell her to hurry up. Okay. okay but tell her, just say, babe, Bevan needs to know. Just don't say hurry up. Just say, oh, Bevan needs to know. a little tricky when we've got two kitties. Yeah, I know, but come on. <laughs> because the <laughs> thing is, come on. because I want to start fundraising now. Yes. You know, so because you guys are giving us money and we really appreciate it. And um, I think now's the time we start thinking about Lance is there next year, John. Yeah. This, exactly. is, this is the big he can't even, can't even stay on his bike anymore. <laughs> Jeez, how's he going to do it? He's just a nobody now. Yeah, he's had it. So uh, do that. Okay, sponsors. Let's go Athlinks first, John. Athlinks.com. Oh, back it up. No, let's not. If you go to Facebook, 
and you go to our Iron Talk page, there's a couple of posts on there which I thought was absolutely gold. Good old Jamie Bag, Blag, from the UK, sent through a prototype for our new jersey. Did you see this? No, I did not. Let's take a look at it. Bert Nooney. Nice. That is gold. I have to give him some credit here. He's so done well there. Yeah, that is. That was really good, wasn't it? I thought yeah, it was a pretty special edition, maybe. Uh, wait a second. It always goes back to just Iron Talk only. Um, and then good old Wayne O'Brien. He's got his Iron Talk jersey on the, on there as well. But what was the one that I really liked? Someone sent through a photo of oh, I've missed it, John. Someone sent through a photo of a Mr. T wearing a helmet, mm-hmm. and it said, Helmet Fool! Nice. <laughs> and then he thought of you, so I thought that was quite good as well. Nice. Anyway, so back to my rant last week. Yeah. So, Athlings.com, they are almost up to 1,000 clubs. They're up to 985 really? clubs. Sure, so, get your club on there if you're not already on there. Um, the other thing that I did this uh, some stage last week I did a little report on my Camp Poland, put that up there um, on my Athlings profile. The other thing I'd encourage people to do is their race report section they've got. It's really easy. It's great. You go on there, you can either do just a, like a journal entry blog where you just type up a report all about your race, but the other thing they've got on there is they've got a report, a triathlon reporting system, where it's sort of a template-based one where you can go in there and do it yourself and you can say um, your goals well, for the race. Well, it down as well. And so it's not just good for your mates who you just want to send your race report through, through but it's also good for your coach. So, you know, let's say, like, one thing that's good about John as a coach, he'll send you through a race report and you've got to go through it. Yep. But if your coach doesn't, you can kind of just get them to do this and that's got a list of questions that so then spits something out at the end for you. Exactly. And it's, it's one of those resources that you can go back to your next race and you go, oh, actually, let that in a very good transition. So what should I do better next time? Good things. You like pre-race meal, what you had before the race. And so if you hadn't issues with your stomach and, and further how down the track. How focused were you race? How did you feel physically, mentally? What did you do to prepare on the day? And for your A races, for like your Ironman races, um, really important here is to actually is to write down exactly what you did for your nutrition and then you can refer back to that. So if you had a great day, then you really want to be able to refer back to that. If you had a crappy day, you also want to be able to go back and say, well, I don't want to make those mistakes again. So mm. athlinks.com, get on there. And and then, and then just send the link to your mates or yeah. just put it on Facebook. Put it on Facebook. Yeah, so like, it's a really easy way just to be able to communicate what you've been up to with all your friends. So I've used this before. I think it's really great. It's good. I, then, I, I prefer to do the written ones where I write it all up in just a, a document yep. for myself, but a lot of other people prefer to do a sort of more of a template-based one. Good thing here is you got options, and we've also had. John, you, you sound like the right sales rep, then. I love that. Good thing here is you got options. Nice. <laughs> um, we also had an email through from Brian Quarton, um, and he was um, he won one of the bloody pick the times. Apparently, um, three people guessed it or something like that. No, like eight did or something. Yeah, so they, they predicted the Boston half um, Boston Ten. marathon. Um, Ryan Hall's time it was it got it dead on two oh eight forty one. Um, and the good thing was then they had a draw because 10 of them won. Um, they had a grand draw to win the main prize. But anyway, um, he didn't get – he wasn't that one of those 10. But anyway, I got a package today from Athletics containing a different prize. I got a nice Asics winter cap and some great gloves. I put a picture of myself there. wearing them on the Athletics homepage. It's 30 degrees right here in Illinois. And I know how to pronounce Illinois. Thank you very much, Brian. You don't need to give us a well, pronunciation. No, always give us a pronunciation. Yeah, it does help. Don't assume we're going to use them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's going to use them over over uh, winter. Thanks, I am Talk, Asics and Athlinks. Beautiful. So uh, Athlinks, guys, get on it. It's a no-brainer. Uh, next up, we have Coffees of Hawaii. And I uh, just wanted to send something through from here. Uh, this is from good old... Oh, I didn't put the name on there. Bugger. Andy. Well, good. One more thing, if I may. I got some coffees of Hawaii action for my birthday in May from my mate Andy. We're both born, uh, both in the British Army here in Cyprus. 
Nice. Perhaps you could bring some coffees of Hawaii to the island. Nice. So, coffees of Hawaii, the world's best coffee. I'm going to try to find out who wrote this, John, and you're going to start talking about coffees of Hawaii. So remember, you know, there's different specials you can get from them. Um, go through imtalk.me, click on um, the Coffees of Hawaii logo, and then you'll go through and you'll get the most, the bestest, bestest specials in the world um, that Coffees of Hawaii offer because we're their favourite organisation. We are. We are. We are. We are. Slow twitch, whatever. Mm. As you can hear it is, it's good old Matt Walpole. Walpole. He's just ordered a few I Am Talk jerseys. Or even Tadpole. He ordered three I Am Talk jerseys. Did he really? Like a lot. Or maybe he's giving it as a preference, a gift. And you, you just don't. Maybe they'll... Whatever. Just <laughs> Matt, don't, if it is a gift, don't let your friends listen to the show this week. Well, a couple of weeks, actually. It's not confidential. He didn't say don't tell anybody about it. Stop speculating. Talk on the show about well, it. Well, whatever, Matt. You're, you're supporting the show, and we love it. We, we are supporting the show, and, and I love it that they buy it for each other. It's really cool. Eh? You've got like a monk hat going on. I'm tired. I'm tired. You sound like Thomas. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. Hard up, boy. Hard up. So, get some copies of wife for your mates, and then you can be cool in the army in Cyprus too. And remember, super specials through the iamtalk.me page. Okay, so we've got, we got a new sponsor last weekend. It's uh, Triathlon Tunes. Tunes. Not tunes. 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 Like cartoons, John. And they've got, when we talk well, about... Well, one thing we need to say is when we did the interview, we actually did the interview before the website was totally finished. Mm-hmm. And um, so we went on the website and we checked it out and we kind of made out like we knew that there were new different styles of artistry on there when we did it. Yep. We were talking crap, guys. We were just <laughs> winging it. That's what you do in podcasting sometimes. But yeah. but now they're there, they're absolutely phenomenal, aren't they? Some of the are just awesome, aren't they? And he's got, they're adding them on all the time. Um, so there's, what we mean by that, there's different artists that you can choose to have. And the price varies um, between the artists. So you've basically got to go on there and decide what style of picture you, you want and what your budget is, obviously, and then um, and then you'll get uh, that style picture done. Really great pictures here. Like the, some of them, like look at the, look at uh, Robert's gallery. Look at that. Nice. That's sensational. You got Steve's, you got Chris's, you got lots of different galleries, different prices for each gallery. But it's really amazing. Now, one thing that's really great is if you actually go into the checkout section and you put in the code I am talk, it, you get a fifteen percent discount. I'm not sure how long this is going to last. Not sure, so get so, on it now, guys. And if you it. get one, put on your on your athletes or on your uh, Facebook or even send it to us, and we'll put them on the website mm-hmm. because uh, we love seeing the photos of you guys. So. Uh, Love the work. Just one thing about Brian, good old Brian, who was on the show last week. He was he was a real big guy, wasn't he? Did you read that article about him? Oh, really, yeah. it's, it's, it's really. It's a lack, my internet. I would have read it, Brian, but I'm just lacking with my the internet. Down it was, and uh, it was down. He was he was a guy who was just you know huge, really big overweight, and yeah. just turned his life around through triathlon and in, in a really great way. And, and two years later, he's like two different guys, nice. and uh, and so you know he's one of us, and he's out there doing stuff for the sport. And this is a really sick look at that. Cool, Brian. And it's like two years later. Nice. Ripped. Yeah, it's a machine. So good old Brian. So triathlon tunes. It's another one of those gift things. You know, if you've got a partner or you, you, know, you know someone who does triathlon, you know, it don't even have to be triathlon. I just want to get a good cartoon. And I know when I put my one on Facebook, so many people will email me saying, oh, where'd you get that made? And so check it out, triathlontunes.com. Okay, John, we've got to do the goss quickly. We've got to do the goss quickly. Goss, go. I don't have a lot. I'm still living at the in-laws. Oh, yeah. And How's it going now? Because it's been... I'm just grabbing the keys until I'm running through the It's been a couple of... It's been since I got back. It's the last, uh, last Tuesday. It's been a week now then. And uh, looking forward to moving into a house, hopefully at the end of this week. Okay. And 
Bevan's backing up around <laughs> me. Go. It's really just disconcerting. <laughs> but other than that, it's all good. Started back training this week. And what are you training for? Oh, the marathon. Marathon, just easing back into it. And I did a two-hour run the other day. God, it oh, kills you, doesn't it? <laughs> Only two hours. Yeah, I've done it for a while. It does. No, like I, was, I had a good run. I felt really good. But then, oh, yesterday, mm. do some yoga. I was like, I need someone to help my body. I can see you need to go, and I need to go as well. So... I'm right. Oh, no, you, oh, you, you sorry. Sorry, Ben. I have to go. I've still got a bit of gas. You're backing up. Right, okay. Got okay. to go. Okay. Um, went to Adrenaline Forest with my daughter today. Yes. And the girls, that was very good. I really enjoyed that. It's like high climbing ropes and trees and stuff. Um, 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 Iron Russ. Iron Mendoza. <laughs> Train hard. Train smart. Kia car. We'll be back with some good gas next week, guys. Here we go.